Hello and welcome to the Morning Skate Podcast. I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell, here to talk about the Monday, November 20th, NHL Daily Fantasy Slate. Uh, DJ, how was your weekend? Um, how was your Thanksgiving week, uh, you know, shaping up the start? Um, yeah, everything's good. I mean, the weekend was pretty solid. I had, uh, I, I mean, again, it's been a bit of a pendulum. I had some huge hits. I've had some nights that I definitely want to forget. Um you see a Saturday night seemingly was going to be close. Uh, Spreshnikov missed the net 12 times and then Kempe scored and was dominant in the first period and then put it away himself and didn't end up uh, getting the shots. But like overall, I think pretty good. Uh, Puck luck's been absolutely rolling just night in, night out smash. Um, two of the most profitable nights in his, like the history of everything um, for puck luck. I go, I don't know, like all of the bets that it picked, not they didn't all hit, but like the most positive with you get the point. Um, so yeah, things have been really good. Just working on that, uh, working on adding more data, getting it to just function better on the website. And well, mainly Jay, I'm, I'm not going to take a much credit for that, just you know, mainly Jay on that. So huge thanks to him. And then we're gonna, you know, continue to work on that. But Thanksgiving weekend, it's going back to where we're from in Rochester and gonna meet up with a bunch of the guys. I know you're not going to be around, but I'm excited for it. So yeah, nothing crazy. How about you? uh yeah no it's uh pretty shitty uh when football it happens but you know oh, you gotta God, take your yeah. chances yeah i um, forgot the football happened yeah so uh, hockey was looking okay but of course uh vegas decides not to score and they score six goals when uh when i don't play them so you know uh, the, it's uh, it's gonna be another painful uh painful weekend of hockey action here but it is what it is so we move on to monday um you know, uh, lost in all this is the notion that there are no Tuesday games this week. Uh, I believe both Tuesday and Thursday are complete blank slates in the NHL. Uh, so that means we have a decent number of games on Monday and Wednesday. So expect podcasts for those two slates. And then uh, Friday, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out as we go. There might be nothing. There might be something. Just stay tuned to us uh, at Moodyscape Pod on Twitter. Um, at Fake Moods for me and at DJ underscore Mitchell ninety four for DJ. Um, if we do anything Friday, that's where you'll you know see it. So, um, yeah, interesting week here. We start off with a seven game slate on Monday. They already have a uh, the the main four hundred is fifteen k to first, and the fifteen dollars twenty k to first. So you know, competing against the NFL, but still decent uh, prize pools to to say the least. So can't really complain. Um, doesn't look like there'll be a fantasy hockey world championship qualifier on Monday. I imagine there'll be one on Wednesday. Um, so keep an eye out for those. Anything else before we dive into these seven games? No, let's get right into it. Um, I'll, I'll just bring us right through Boston, our road favorites in Tampa to start it off. Is there anything you want to say? Actually, I, I guess you got it. Nope. Everything right. No. Nope? Okay. Um, Sorelli should be back. For Tampa, he practiced, but keep an eye on it. Uh, Boston, I think, is normal. Pasternak missed with a maintenance day. And I said on, I think, our last show, like, oh, or maybe the show before that, I was like, Tommy Novak, but they said just a maintenance day and that he was out for like six to eight weeks. So I'm done saying maintenance days are just, you know, probably good. But yeah, I can't imagine Pasternak's out. But yep, he did miss practice. So I am now just making a blanket statement that if it's a maintenance day, I'm, I'm just going to still be skeptical until I see. Edmonton is at the Florida Panthers. The Florida Panthers will be without Barkov for sure. Uh, that will get to the power plays and the lines and everything and how that shape up. But that is a big loss. Uh, Tampa and I have a Florida are very, very slight favorites at home. Nonetheless, in a seven over under the Rangers are at the Dallas stars um, stars home favorites by a little bit. Both teams are really, really good. That's definitely gonna be a fun one to watch. Although it is a, uh, juiced under six, so not a lot of expectation on goals from the books. Colorado, pretty big road favorites against Nashville. That's not very surprising. Nashville's continued to be the Forsberg and Yossi show, but uh, Colorado was really, really good in the comeback win against Dallas. And as I just mentioned, I think Dallas is really good themselves. So uh, definitely want to keep an eye on Colorado, uh, especially Colorado one. And I mean, I'd say ownership, but man, is it expensive. LA Kings absolutely mollywhopped the St. Louis Blues. I kind of alluded to that as well. Like the Kopitar, Kempe, Byfield line was just 
absolutely stealing all of their lunch money early on. They scored on the power play. It was Byfield on the power play. So you might be thinking, wait, it wasn't the first. Nope, it was the first unit. Byfield did go up and take the boss spot on that top power play where he scored. And, and Matt mentioned it to me and I was watching it. I was like, wait, what just happened there? That seemed odd. By, yeah, so Byfield on the top power play, top line could be an interesting play against the Arizona Coyotes. Coyotes are definitely without Barrett Hayton if we didn't mention it last podcast because maybe we didn't know yet. Um, Arizona. It happened did not... against Columbus. So, yeah, no. Yeah, I don't think we, we mentioned it. Uh, Arizona, everyone in, I know in our Discord and everyone probably alive was thinking, is this the chance that we've been waiting for to see Logan Cooley on the top line? It was not. Uh, it was Travis Boyd. Uh, he only played 14 minutes while Keller and Schmoltz played much more. So, they mixed and matched. I definitely would keep an eye on that. Like maybe they didn't like Boyd there or whatever. Uh, Boyd assisted on the Minchelli goal. So like it was kind of weird. So I definitely am just like going to keep an eye on that moving forward. If I ever want to play Arizona one, LA is not a great matchup. Uh, and then finally, the Sharks are at the Vancouver Canucks. Last time these teams played, it was 10 to one Vancouver. I bet Vancouver will be pretty chalky. They are absolutely Mondo favorites. Minus three ninety five. Um, Gushin was sent back to the AHL Barracuda. So rest in peace to uh, my favorite. Um, hit some blocks bonuses, got some shots, just didn't score. Goes back. Uh, and then Vancouver, like I said, is huge favorites. They should be the chalkiest chalk of the night. Um, I think I covered most of it. You ready to go game by game? Uh, yeah, I would imagine LA and Vancouver are sort of your two teams that you really need to, uh, you know, pay attention to because they will be uh, significantly owned. Uh, Arizona is kind of free falling in their underlying numbers, so I would expect LA to come through uh, pretty heavily here. So let's get into it. Uh, starting things off with Boston at Tampa. Um, Boston going for the knockdown drag out with Tampa here. Both these teams have been pretty fun, but, you know, the prices are just so insane. And there's really no salary relief uh, on either of these teams. You know, we'll talk about a, a couple options, maybe. Um, but it is pretty thin as you, you know, once you get beyond basically Kucherov and Pasternak for uh, these two teams. Both those guys are north of $9,000. So it's very hard to game stack this. It's very hard to really pave a path toward either of these stacks being overwhelmingly owned. Um, so if you had to pick a side, DJ, you know, where are you leaning? Anything stand out to you in this matchup? I, mean, I think it's just Kucherov point. Um, I, I mean, Hagel is with them at five on five. I, I think that'll be, you know, just not owned. And I think that Kucherov's upside is just a little bit. I don't know. I mean, I feel like you could make the case for both sides with Kucherov and Pasternak being the obvious catalyst for success, but I I just to my something in me I don't even think there's anything that's actually like pointing in that direction uh, because I think what really would probably point in the direction is Boston is absolutely unbelievable on offense and defensively um, but I think it's just ownership to me that like no one's going to go to Tampa no one's going to probably go to Kucherov here uh, you know priced up to 9200 against Boston and he has just truly been otherworldly. Um, he definitely broke last mini slate. I don't, he wasn't on the main slate against Edmonton with his, you know, three point six shot on goal night, just absolutely, you know, I think that I would go that way, but man, I find it incredibly hard to imagine. I'm going to find the cap to include either Pasternak or Kucherov, let alone the line mates around them. Like Marchand used to be a decent relief and he's just getting back up there in price now at 6,900. I mean, that's probably even too cheap for him. Um, Zaka 5,500. Like, I think that's more affordable, but people might go to it just because Tampa has been overall pretty bad defensively. And people know that now and people have stacked against them. I mean, they gave up four expected goals to Edmonton. Like, I just think it's kind of like cats out of the bag on that. And people actually might play Boston while I don't think anyone's playing Tampa. And that's a very long way of getting to that point. Yeah, I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, it's been uh, a little minorly tilting to see back-to-back 30-point games from Mikhail Sergachev. Um, he still remains sub-5,000, but that's not because he's 
done anything on the power play. Like it just so happens that he's had these two new games back to back here. Hedman still is playing the vast majority of the power play one minutes. Um, I, I want to say I looked at this before the last couple of games and it was 90% to 10%. Like as far as when Kucherov, you know, and all of the four guys uh, were on the ice on the power play one, Hedman was getting 90% of those minutes. And in the past, it's been like 50 50 split. Um, so with no signs of that changing, I'm honestly not that inclined to chase these Sergachev uh, points. But you know uh, he's an option sub five thousand. He's you know uh, he's a guy who can do it in all four categories. He's obviously a very good defender um, for DFS, and he has blocks and uh, shot upside in addition to the points he can put up. So you know keep him in mind. He's been hot, um, but not really anything I'm looking to jam in. A couple value pieces who you can consider. Uh, Anthony Sorelli should be back. Uh, we saw him practicing with Nick Paul and Steven Stamkos on uh, on Sunday. You know, thirty two hundred for Sorelli. It's not like you're missing out on a ton, but you know, this is a guy who normally is around four thousand or so, and probably a decent value if you were to play this laid out a hundred times. You know, uh, in that top six role. Uh, Stamkos only played 13 minutes last game, which I also think having Sorelli will help that line to just play more uh, defensively. I honestly don't really know what to make of Stamkos' role. Like, you know, Point and Kucherov played 20 and 22 minutes and Stamkos played 13. So uh, that's, you know, a little concerning if you're looking at the power play stack here. But again, maybe Sorelli helps that. Um, and yeah, that's really about it for me i don't think there's anything on boston that i'm interested in chasing um maybe hold your nose and james van reemstike is in play but 4400 you know that seems like a decent price for power play one um but let's keep things going here Uh, in florida yes so uh turns out connor brown didn't fix mcdavid um you know, McDavid still remains broken. Uh, so, yeah, what what do we do with this awful, awful uh, Edmonton team that just can't do anything right at, all at the same time? Like, I don't know what to make of it. They, they got absolutely blasted by Tampa. Like, their goaltending just fails them constantly. Um, you know, what do we do with these guys? You know, it, it's... I I mean, I could, th- I could really see myself playing them out. That was going to be my take here was going back to Edmonton myself because I think a lot more people are going to play Colorado, LA and Vancouver, um, which are all very, very expensive and just as expensive. I mean, you just, you're just not getting in premium Edmonton with, with those stacks. Um, I guess LA has a bit of affordability to it, but I'm kind of down to go back to McDavid myself. Um, I wonder if they change up the lines. It definitely seemed like they were toying with a lot of stuff last game. And I could see it going back to McDavid Hyman myself. Like, I, I think that they might have realized that that should happen. Like Connor Brown just is not it. It's unfortunate for him. You know, people had optimism. I, I guess I hoped it worked he, uh, out. He got that money. Like, I just don't know if, and again, like you're saying, it's like McDavid's broken. Like, and I, and I think we all know, like, he's still probably the best player in the world. Like you can, you know, I mean, think probably that's probably even too harsh. Like he is the best player in the world. He is 9,300 still, and he has not performed like the best player in the world. I think I could go back to it, though, and just hope that this is a slate where anytime I, you know, McDavid's coming in less than, I don't know, like what, what is his ownership going to be? You want to take a guess right now where? 13%? I mean, you think, yeah, I was like, going to say he's sub- going to be I, owned. Like, yeah, I was going to say sub-15, and I, but... Yeah, it's too small of a slate maybe to go too crazy. Like sub-15, sub-10 in that range is probably you're probably right right at 13. It, I, I could see myself, if it's with him, Hyman, and Bouchard running that sack myself, I'm not going to chase the previous Kane dry cycle stuff. Uh, you know, I think they keep that together. And then Nudra Hopkins, like it's going to be surrounded by those five. Um, but I'm probably going to end up playing Edmonton here in a spot that I'm really not afraid of Florida. And I know they just got back Montour and Ekblad. And again, like there's just so many reasons I think you could convince yourself not to play Edmonton. And I'm not all that certain that this is just miraculously fixing Florida defensively entirely. Like the second game back for Montour and Ekblad, like over time, maybe it'll get better. But I, I still think this Florida team leaves some to be desired defensively. Yeah. Um, 
like look i'm pretty pretty worried about mcdavid here like he's um to, to be a fantasy relevant player he simply has to be the most efficient player on planet earth like he is not a rate shooter in the way that um mckinnon matthews you know these uh, kucherov Pasternak, all these dudes that are above 9k regularly um they, they take a ton of shots. McDavid does not. Like, you know, even last year, his, his five on five Corsi per 60 was like 13, which is fine, but it's it's not special. And this year it's 12. Um, stay tuned to my newsletter. I'm hoping in the next couple of days to put something out with the first 15 or so games. Are we up to 20? I don't know. There's some time. Basically, where we're at right now, I'm looking at like current shot rates and comparing it to the prior three years. So like, you know, seeing who's up, who's down, whatever. Um, and the thing with McDavid is he's not that crazy down from last year. He's 10% worse in his prior three years. You know, he was a 13.7 high quarter per 60 and he's rocking a 12.4 right now. And, you know, that's fine. That's normal Connor McDavid for the most part. But the efficiency just isn't there. We saw last year the on-ice shooting percentage kind of, you know, uh, left him. And it didn't matter because the power play was clicking, yada, yada. Um, Guess what? His power play shot rate is the exact same as it has been. And it's just not happening. And at some point, like, yes, like, it's some of it's bad luck and it's going to rebound. But he's playing with guys like Connor Brown and, I mean, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Like, these are not dudes who are going to change your fortunes as on-ice producers. Um, and in efficiency monsters specifically. So, um, you know, Connor McDavid is a great player, but I don't think he's anywhere close to the the best uh, right now playing. Like, you know, so I'm pretty much out on Edmonton here. I might consider Dreisaitl and Kane if ownership is way too low. Um, Evander Kane's been awesome. He's firing from everywhere. Um, and they're actually getting some territorial, uh, you know, uh, dominance when they play. And it's not just, Hey, uh, McDavid's doing everything and there's no one who can finish. Like clearly, you know, if Hyman sticks with them, there's three dudes who are just very good, um, and should be able to benefit from this matchup. However, I think where I'm going with this game is just jamming in Sam Reinhardt and his friends. Um, you know, no, uh, Barkov is obviously disappointing. You know, it, it's nice to have good players playing, but when guys replace him like Anton Ludell, who are 3,100 and have a lot of pedigree, um, you know, him, Verhage, Reinhardt, Verhage and Reinhardt are on the power play one with Oliver ekman Larson and Brandon Montour, um, and then obviously Kachuk. So, like, you're still getting what I think is a very productive top line with Verhage and Reinhardt doing a lot of the work and Lundell being a perfectly capable center with a lot of upside. You know, we've, we know he's a young guy with prospect pedigree, uh, multiple shots in each of his last four. And the prices really aren't that scary outside of Sam Reinhardt. Yet I don't think they get owned because the, the Sam Reinhardt price, honestly, like I just don't think optimizers will say he's a good value. And while I get it, like he's still playing like a man on a mission this season, um, playing a ton of minutes. It's his role is going to be even greater without Barkov. Like they are the first dudes over the kill penalties, even so like empty net situations, you name it, Reinhardt's there. Um, and I'm really looking forward to them picking on this Edmonton goaltending situation, which is uh, beyond disaster at this point. Like, you know, goalies don't matter unless you don't have one and then they're all that matters. And clearly that's the case in Edmonton right now. And there's really nothing they can do to fix it. So, um, you know, Florida's definitely at the top of my list so far as we go through the slate. Yeah, no, I like both sides. I mean, I do like Florida too. Like everything you said is, is true. Um, I mean, is it game stackable? Like, could you can, it kind of feels like you could potentially afford it, but yeah, the, the um, problem with that is, is I think if Florida dominates, you don't know what the Edmonton Lions are going to be like, you know, so, so what's the point? Like, maybe you can play Bouchard with it and just say, you know, like, that's the guy and just everyone else just kind of plays with whoever, but like, are you playing McDavid and, you know, RNH because RNH could wind up centering the third line after a period if Florida's going off. So um, we just haven't really seen much that indicates anything's different under this new coach. And so I really don't want to assume that like Edmonton's not just going to throw everything in the blender immediately. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that's fair. Uh, but when they throw it in the blender, it, it's not like we forget who it's coming through. You know what I mean? I mean, it's 
oh, they threw it in the blender and they're down by two goals. McDavid's not out there. You know what I mean? Like, we still know who's going out there. jumping over the board. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, can, that's I, the I, thing, though. You mm-hmm. play McDavid, you need a three-point night. And, like, you know, <laughs> it hasn't happened. So, like, when is it going to happen? It has been, you know, 14 games for him specifically, and he's yet to have a three-point night. So, like, you know, is his real likelihood of hitting one out of 15? Maybe. But like, or even if it's one out of 10 or one out of eight, it's like, yeah, I don't feel like I need to game stack that because Florida could just, you know, they could just dominate here because the goaltending in Edmonton is so freaking bad. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely think this is one of the, if not, you know, I think this is the most important, like not important, uh, interesting game on the slate. Like a lot of the chalk makes sense and you can talk yourself into it really easily. This game to me feels like the one for for both all the reasons we've said that could be a bit forgotten, but maybe people just see the seven and say this shouldn't be forgotten. Um, I I'm excited for this one because I do think that this is like the, the slate winners in here. I don't know if I, you know, you could, you could make a case on a bunch of guys. I mean, like even we didn't really mention Matt, the Chuck, like it, he doesn't correlate. Well, he hasn't been scoring. I mean, 17 points in 17 games is only three goals. He has not broken a slate to my knowledge. I mean, is there one game in that mix that, is close. Yeah. I think there's a couple like a 23 and a 23 that get good enough, but he hasn't absolutely, you know, must have peace yet. It's like, is anyone going to play him? Like I, I, it's so easy to convince yourself of a lot of these players in this matchup, in this environment. I do think the slate winners coming through this game and, and there's a lot of options. So um, we'll maybe go, you know, in our favorite stacks at the end, we'll talk about it a little bit more, but I think a lot of people are going to be looking at Lundell. They're going to be looking at, probably McDavid, but not as much as others. I, I don't know. I'm excited for this one though. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what we'll see what transpires. So I'm uh, moving on to the Rangers at Dallas. Um, the season of our Temi Panarin continues coming off of a uh, nine shot game against New Jersey on Saturday night. I mean, he's just on a different planet right now. Uh, 26 points in 15 games. Um, like it's really some lunacy out of uh the Rangers at this point, like they're just, I mean, Panarin is just everything right now. Um, So much so that Lafreniere doesn't look like a bust, which I mean, that seems like the absolute biggest uh, indicator of how good Panarin's been. Um, I, I just want to, on that note, like Lafreniere, uh, it's a guy that I was kind of, you know, I wouldn't say championing to an an nth degree, but I was sort of like, yeah, this is a good best puck last round pick because of, you know, a lot of reasons, but Panarin being like the optimistic hope. And it is fun to watch Rangers fans just start to victory lap Lafreniere already. Like we knew it, we knew it was coming. And I just, I just love it because I don't know. It's just fun to watch. Like Kako's dead, um, but Lafreniere lives. And I, 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 he has been good. I feel like you just can't completely discredit that he has been good. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking of has been good, they've played five games if I had Adam Fox. Eric Gustafson, 4,300, has points in all five. Uh, yes, his underlings leave a slight bit to be desired, but honestly, like, you know, he's shooting a bit, blocking a few shots, like for 4,300 with that exposure to the top power play. Um, I, I think Gustafson honestly could go overlooked. He just hasn't really been popping lately. Um, the price is a bit higher than it was when he was 30% owned. So, you know, I think it's reasonable to consider these guys. Mika's a vintage ad. Um, surprisingly, even though Panarin's been nuking, really hasn't done it a ton. And, you know, get this. So on the, on the power play this season, numbers one and two in the league in shots per, or Icorsi per 60 minutes are Panarin and Zabinijad. And obviously Panarin makes sense. He's the guy who's holding the puck. He's getting all the points. Like clearly he's on a heater of like no other, but Sabinijad taking as many shots as uh, Panarin on the power play, just not getting the points as a result. Uh, So Panarin has points on 79% of their power play goals. Sabinijad only 43%. I mean, this is going to change quickly. Um, so if you are of the Kucherov Stamkos mindset, like I am sometimes, and you just want, you know, two guys that monopolize the power play, um, then just correlate that way. I think that's an okay stack. Like Dallas doesn't really scare me, especially their PK. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's a reasonable way to go. So Benajad is too cheap, I think for the role that he currently has, and he's going to break out sooner than later. Um, 
So, you know, that that's the one thing I'm considering, just a power play stack using the Gustafson value. Um, otherwise, any interest in Dallas here? I mean, I, not a metric ton. It's still very affordable, but getting a bit more, like Pavelski, they finally have figured out, like he's not a, a you know, 5,800 player. They got him up to 6,100 at least, but it's not break the bank for Robertson, uh, Pavelski, and Hintz. It's a really bad matchup. They're not going to get a lot of ownership. Uh, Robertson has been shooting again. Uh, he had back-to-back shot bonuses before Colorado. I could see a scenario, I you know that you consider it, but I don't think I'm going to have it myself just because I there's just the opportunity cost against some of these other stacks is tough to stomach. It, you're basically trading um, what leverage for expectation and. I think there's other options that are just as good on that front, if not better, but it's a decent leverage spot. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, the season of Tyler Sagan continues. Matt Duchesne uh, remains his toward pace, um, just looking like everything for this team. So Duchesne, yeah. Sagan, um, that, that's March- still a yeah. pretty good value for the way that they're playing. Do you throw Marchman in that? I mean, you're just kind of uh, you know, the, the, third, the third man in. I mean, he had two assists. I mean, again, it's like, obviously, that, but 3,200 Marchment is there playing with them. I mean, the minutes aren't fantastic, but that power play two, and it's all power play two, doesn't get an mm-hmm. unbelievable amount of run anyways. So, you know, you're kind of playing it for five on five regardless. And it's not like if they get a lead, Marchment's the guy coming off the ice. He's pretty good defensively. Yeah, I've... I yeah, I've been a little disappointed in how the power play two has fared. I thought with Thomas Harley out that uh, he, you know, that uh, Nils Longfist, a power play two quarterback, would actually play a bit more at five on five, and that just didn't happen. Uh, those no. minutes all basically went right to Yanni Hockenpah. Um, so, you know, along with that, uh, that uh, was the assumption I was making was the assumption that Dodonov would steal some minutes from Marchment. Um, you know, it's fine if you need the 3,200 Marchment play. But honestly, when you play Duchesne and Sagan, I think you open up enough value to just play like, you know, anyone with it. And um, we've seen like, uh, for example, four on four and overtime three on three, like it's Duchesne and Sagan playing together. They're clearly the linked pair. Um, And that's something that I care more about than like the, oh, gotta have a perfect line stack in case Mason Marchman's the guy today. You know, that's not a concern to me. Um, So you know it, it's it's a minor thing but certainly a good call out that marchman's the third piece there that you could play uh jamie ben is officially dust like he's just I mean, yeah he's yeah that beyond bad uh, i yeah yeah we all, knew, and, and, we all knew this but i i just feel bad for johnston honestly like man yeah his tough so jamie ben on the year has a 10.4 i course per 60 at five on five, 25% worse than the prior three years. Um, Jamie Ben on the power play has eight shot attempts per 60 minutes so far this season. That is less than half of his prior uh, three years. Clearly Jamie Ben's not the one creating on the power play. So some of that's not his fault, um, but it just goes to show kind of how broken the Dallas top power play has been to start the season. And it really doesn't show many signs of, of getting, you know, all that better. Um, you know, they scored a power play goal last game, but it wasn't the result of like an insane number of shots or anything. So I'm still pretty concerned and just not really that interested in paying up for Dallas one like you let off. Uh, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. Uh, that you let off the game talking about. So sure. Anyway, we can move I over. That's to, it. Yeah. Colorado, Nashville. Um, I think one of the like my big takes to start the year was that, you know, Nashville is going to be super exciting and on both ends. And and I like to play. I, I still do. Like when Nashville's on the slate, I love playing them and against them. Um, Colorado is coming off of a very, very, very good finish. Uh, Nertushkin absolutely smashed um, that that top line when they were trailing. I mean, if you go to the, the hockey viz, I, I might have to actually post it. I, it just, so I'm just going to read it. Rantanen, McKinnon, Nertushkin, 24, 24, and 23 minutes. The next forward is Ross Colton with 13. I mean, 10 more minutes for that top line. It's hard to find that stuff. And this does feel like, man, what if Nashville gets out in front and we see, but how could you possibly afford all that and feel good about it? I mean, Nertushkin is in a very good spot. He's 5,300. It makes a lot of sense. Are you playing him solo? 
I can't imagine. Are you playing him? But you know, now there's just no way you're getting Forsberg and or Yossi. So it's really difficult. I do love the spot and I love everything. I'm like everything I'm saying makes sense, except for the math on the pricing, maybe FanDuel's a bit more forgiving. I don't know. I don't really play over there, but I do love this game. I love everything about it for all of the possible reasons you could think of. Uh, and really on both sides, like I, I still think that Nashville is really interesting, but now they're priced kind of a bit too restrictive against Colorado um, with Yossi up to seven K and Forsberg up to 7,500 deservingly. So, uh, tough to tough to figure out. So I mean, here's here's where I come in with the uh, you know, with the take. I think the Chushkin is a pretty good one off. Um, so we, they've played five games without Arturi Lekkinen. If you include the Seattle game where he got hurt, that's five games. Um, in those five games, uh, McCarr has been awesome, but you know he's Cal McCarr. He can do this. Uh, Eighteen or actually nineteen when you round um, expected fantasy points per game, uh, and yeah. nineteen actual fantasy points per game as well. Uh, eight shot attempts in that time time frame, seven primaries, and even eleven blocks to go with it. Uh, Nate McKinnon, found the Chuchkin and Nico Rantanen each have between six and seven shot attempts per game over those five. So it's not like Nichushkin is a passenger. No. Um, and honestly, that was my primary concern going into this little stretch here. And as a matter of fact, because Nichushkin is getting his shots from so close to the goalie, like he's the guy who's getting the expected goals. And obviously with five goals to show for it, um, he's getting the actual goals too. So Nichushkin's a really good player. Um, he's going to shoot when he gets the opportunities. And I think that Rantanen and McKinnon are just spoon feeding him opportunities yeah. so much so that if he scores, even if like Miko or McKinnon get the three point bonus, which, you know, is, is unlikely all things considered Nichushkin can put up 20 easily without Rantanen or McKinnon, you know, beating his score and, or without those guys beating, you know, the Kucherov and Pasternak who could go for 40 bombs on their own. So it's, defensible to me to play Nichushkin as a one-off and I think like you said though with the minutes just so concentrated on this top line right now that Colorado one has to be in your consideration set Mm -hmm. um you know just because it's so hard to replace those time on ice you know you can't score fantasy points if you're not on the ice so uh there's your uh, DFS tip of the day can't score if you're not on the ice so um anyway Nashville there's um you know, there's maybe one play on Nashville, too, if you count Cody Glass. That's, like, a value. But we know this is the Forsberg-Yossi show. I just I don't think I can get there. Uh, any interest in Nashville here? I I, I want, like, like I'm saying, I want to do it because I know Colorado 1 is out there all game when they're trailing. I mean, and it just, it it's so easy to try to convince yourself to play Yossi or Forsberg, but again, and as you are, I've already said it in as many words as possible, if not too many, you just cannot afford it. So I think it's a pass, but if I had to, I think gun to head, I would love to find a way to get Yossi as a bring back because I, I think that 7K is just still too cheap for him. I mean, he is double bonus and, you know, three point upside like no one else. And um, the problem is, is like, are you really going to pay 7k for Yossi and then stack Colorado without 7,900 Macar? Like you're going to, how are you? So it gets very, very difficult, but I just, I wish there was a way. I wish I could crunch the numbers. I wish I could pay for more salary to get Yossi in there, but it's going to be very, very difficult. Impossible more than likely. Um, Are you you chasing uh, 2,500 two goal game Cole Smith here? Um, You know, any, any, any interest there, sir? Are we a serious podcast or are we just making shit up now? If we say if we say every Craig single Smith. player on Nashville, then maybe Craig Smith used to be the guy to always against Colorado uh, got there and you know see Smith on Nashville. There you go. There's your uh, there's your uh, sorcery. Um, so Cole Smith guaranteed goal inbound. Yeah, I'll just mention. I guess you already alluded to, if not said it straight up. But is Glass on the top power play as he comes back in the lineup? I mean, you were like, "There's a value," but like he is actually on that top power play. So maybe if you squint and you know punch the wall He's twice a... before the game starts, you could play him and Yossi as like your cheap way of doing things. But it's not like Cody Glass is your 
preeminent rate shooter um, by any stretch yes, of the imagination. He is gunning for the Barrett Heat Memorial Trophy trophy of uh, just playing a top six, top power play role and just doing absolutely nothing with it. Zero points in eight games so far this year. So, but, someone had to take take that role on, and I'm glad it was Cody Glass. Yeah, um, Gus Nyquist, though, is 3,800. So, like, you know, also, he's yeah. also not a rates guy, but he can pop off he's playing a ton so like that's where i would go personally if i were trying to game stack this one um but you know i obviously uh get trying to fit in yossi at that point though i'd rather just play my car frankly um all right la arizona um la like you mentioned kovatar tempe and byfield all top power play correlated um byfield last game still only played 14 minutes uh but i think that was just due to the blowout yeah um so yeah. well, we'll see what happens in a more competitive game. I'm not sure this game's it though. You know, Arizona has been sneaky bad or just outright bad uh, defensively th- their last little stretch. Um, I-, I can't really um, say that's unexpected, but I had a little bit higher hopes uh, for this team. Um, I think they're still in okay shape standings wise, but you know, uh, looking at their underlings, the 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 defense just has been awful which yeah. uh, isn't great when you're trying to you know uh make your upward ascendant as the buffalo sabers can attest to <laughs> who no they won tonight I, I like them again um yeah this this game is <laughs> ah, man yeah I, I actually was really watching a, a decent little bit of that uh that winnipeg arizona game and it was pretty boring so i kept turning it off um I don't think there's much upside in Arizona. I mean, it's as if they want to be boring. And since they're not very good defensively, it doesn't really help them. Um, And LA is just much, much, much better. Uh, We hope that again, if you're playing byfield and stuff, like we hope it's competitive because LA was certainly just rolling four lines towards the end of the game. I mean, there's just no sense. And like when you're up, you're, you know, you're putting the no out there, you know, you're putting the blob. I think I would assume he's pretty good. I think the is good defense. I don't even know off the top of my head. Um, when he tries, he's probably good defensively. So yeah, I, <laughs> I, I think this is like, th- this kind of feels like one of those things where I actually like, don't know how much in love I am with this LA side, but it just feels so affordable that I, I, I do keep coming back to it. And like, you could just play Kempe and Byfield in the wings. I mean, Kopitar 5,900 is, is fine. I'm pretty sure if you're a milestone guy, if he gets one assist, he ties like the franchise record. Uh, double check that really quick. But they said something about that during the game. And uh, yeah, I could check that. I'll check oh, that man. while we're looking. But if so you are, you're, so you're saying uh, multi assist night for Kopitar inbound point leaders. Let me, let me look. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure he's one off. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna double check. I came in with points okay. or assists well, all time. I'm gonna look it up. You talk a little bit more about LA. Let me find Yes, it. please. Please, please. Uh, all right. So um, something that might have gone under the radar, uh, I want to say maybe two games ago. I'm not sure if we had a podcast for it or not, whatever. Um, but uh, Kevin Fiala uh, basically flipped lines, um, no longer with Dubois. You know, so the fact that he's playing with Trevor Moore and uh, Phil Deneau is actually, I think, kind of a good thing. Because Fiala's minutes were getting scarily low, um, even for Kevin Fiala, which like is not a good thing. Uh, last game, you know, fifteen minutes, but blowout. So like, I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm yeah. finding it hard pressed to believe that that's really the issue at hand. Um, but in those in the past four games, he's got double digit DK points. Uh, up until that point, it was looking real rough for your guy. Um, so. Fiala is in play. I still think I prefer straight up Kopitar, but if you need the wing slot, you know, uh, Kempe's fine. And uh, yeah. or, sorry, Kopitar is fine. Fiala is fine, but Kempe is the guy that you just really want to get in there. Um, yeah. Of course, since I stated this last podcast, he's gone three shots, one shot, two shots, but um, he's still the trigger man on this power play and that five on five. Yeah, no, I mean, Fiala just doesn't hit the net very often, but 44% in the last five games, and I think that's part of it. And, like, watching, it, it does seem like he was getting truly frustrated. Um, they they were kind of, like, showing him after he missed the net twice on one shift, and he looked, like, pissed off at himself. So, uh, he, you know, sometimes it gets in your head. I, I'm not an NHL hockey player. Um, I, I do play beer league, and I get mad when I miss the net a couple times, and, like, I'm bad. And like being really good, it's probably even more frustrating. Um, and also it is uh Marcel Dion has one more assist than Kopitar right now. So it is one assist, not point, it is assist. So yeah, that that there's your narrative if you need it. 
but yeah, it, it, it's definitely a good spot for LA. I do wonder if like you think, well, LA is when like, and again, in this game, it's perfect example. Like the no and more are clearly guys that play very good defensively. They put Fiala there. It seems odd, but I mean, he did get good five on five run. So it's, yeah, it's an, it's just ways to go. There's pivots in this game. Definitely on LA. Cause if you're not playing Kempe, which again, I think you're probably wrong because seven K is not enough. Um, there are other options and like, could you consider if you're going to play a guy like Fiala, like, are you just jamming more or to know or neither? Or like, is there any thought on that at all? Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. Probably to know. Um, but man, <laughs> you're, it's you're ugly, going real yeah. quick into, I think Fiala is best used in onslaughts. Like, you know, you're just playing five dudes and hoping they run over Arizona, which I think I might be playing yeah, that. I, yeah, there's there's a few spots that I'm highly interested in here, but I think Fiala would not be one of like the first two or three kings into my lineup for sure. Come uh, Monday that, night, that is fine. Um, and then yeah, Arizona. Is there any interest at all? I mean, I know I mentioned it's Boyd, uh, Schmaltz, and Keller, but I think I said from the very very beginning that it was a little bit wobbly on that, and like I definitely think it's Keller, Schmaltz, and guy other guys that are going to funnel through depending on the situation. Um, but is there any interest in this Arizona side or is it just a little bit too expensive and a very bad matchup? Yeah, I think the matchup's just going to keep me away. Um, you know, even if the the goals are there, the shot volume won't be. And I'm just not, I, I don't really trust uh, Keller Schmaltz enough to, to pay these prices for, for them. Um, so that's, okay. that's what I mean, concern. So we have the right, so- Calgary Flames and the Seattle Kraken. Kraken coming off a pretty nice big win against Vancouver. Um, did Calgary get it done in the shootout or did they lose in the shootout? No, I can't remember. They lost in a shootout after, lost but they shootout. also are coming off of a win over the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, the Vancouver Canucks are falling apart at the seams. Who would have thunk? <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, it's like the, was PDO going to last forever? But uh, also, yeah, th- yeah, a couple, a couple tough losses. Um, this Flames team, though, I, I do keep coming back to them and getting interested, and it is a bit of Russian roulette with the Flames. Um, we look at that top power play right now. We see you know Zari and Kadri. We see Hannafin, though, which I don't love. I don't understand. Like I just I don't know how you watch Hannafin and Rasmus Anderson and say, huh, let's put our best players with Hannafin and not Rasmus Anderson. Well, have you heard? Um, they're trying to trade Hannafin, so... Yeah, I mean that that could that's be that's honestly I, probably as simple as it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that Rasmus Anderson weaker pairing is so 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 good. And like I so enjoy watching them on the ice together, create offense and and like and like it's mainly to me Rasmus Anderson, but weaker shoots. And I do think he's actually like a little bit maybe in play, just too expensive. But let's get back on track. I am interested in, in the flames. On the in the other side, though, I kind of am interested in Seattle, and I do think this is like the cheaper pivots that people aren't going to play. So good, good game. Is it the best matchup in the world for either side? Maybe not, but I do think that there's some really good value here and I don't think people are going to get in on it. So do you want to start with the flames or Seattle yourself? Um, I mean, I think you honestly covered it with the flames. It's like Kadri's already possible is just doing it, stuff. Yeah, they're um, good. And yeah, Pospisil is getting minutes, but with that, his price is rising. So, you know, it's kind of, uh, uh, I mean, Jesus, <laughs> sorry. I'm just, I just clicked over to wing. I'm like, where's Connor Zari? Oh, he's at the top of the list on a team with Jonathan Huberto. Connor Zari yeah. at 3,900 is the most expensive flame. Most expensive. Right, like, like, but and then that's my point. Like it's so cheap to go almost any direction mm-hmm. here and feel pretty good about it. And like, I do think it's the Pospisil and like, and honestly, Pospisil, a guy that I'm sort of like, yeah, mate, but like this guy's good. I mean, he is shooting. He is now getting pretty good run on this team. Uh, You know, not getting power play run definitely hurts, but that five on five line is the one. I mean, Kadri, Zari, and Pospisil are getting the minutes. Uh, And then Backlund, Lindholm, Huberto are kind of coming along with some others. But, you know, up the, the bottom line, it's all like nothing. And I do think that these three lines are all going to roll, but again, it does make it very janky and not feel good. And there's not a lot of incredible correlation outside of Kadri and Zari. Um, so yeah, it, it, but it's so freaking cheap. All right. Well, uh, so on the Seattle side of things, like 
you know, the reason the Flames aren't that interesting to me is that Seattle is looking pretty fierce defensively. Um, their game has really rounded in the form the last week or two. Um, I posted in the Discord, the Morning Skate Pod Discord, DM if you want in there, um, a breakdown of like the five game rolling trends for expected goals for and expected goals against. Um, and basically Seattle just, I mean, they're just uh, closing off defensively uh, and in every situation. So yeah, their goaltending is not great because it's Seattle, but their expecteds are just phenomenal. And so that's really the reason I'm not that interested in Calgary. This game feels like a little bit of a, uh, a stalemate. And I think if I'm getting cheap guys in this game, I mean, how do you look at 4,900 Jared McCann and not go, yep, that's my guy. Um, you know, he, he's playing with Matty Beniers and Jordan Eberle. Um, Beniers has gotten goals the past two games, uh, generally looks just pretty dynamic out there, which is not something I really saw earlier in the season. Um, and Everly is just a quality, quality NHL player. So like, I see no reason to shy away from Seattle's top line. Um, Calgary has goaltending issues of their own. So there's, there's really no like, um, you know, like I think Seattle's a bit more concentrated, if that makes sense, which is surprising to me. Um, but just the way that their lines are constructed and the way the power plays operate, I think I'd rather have the McCann line of any line in this game. Um, yeah, and no, I, I think I definitely agree. Uh, power play wise, McCann and Eberle correlate, and Beneers is on the other one. It seems like that's always the case, which is stupid. But I, I think Beneers, and I, you kind of mentioned it before we even started, but. He's played really well as of late. I know the last game is most exemplary, but 4,400, it just kind of feels like you're doing yourself a disservice not to include him with McCann at the very least, let alone Peberly, who's on the same power play and also really cheap. Just all around this game feels really... Like, I just don't think people are going to pivot here for value when there's, like, you know, there's good value on LA. There's good value um, on LA. Uh <laughs> Is there good value anywhere else? I guess Lindell um, and, and like, you know, but, but people might not come here. So I share the same sentiment. I do think I'm a little bit more interested in the Flames than you're leading on. Um, Seattle has played well, but I I think the Flames are kind of that good offense. Like they, I, I do think the Flames are better than people um, give them credit for. So I, I think there could be some goals here. It might need to get, it might need to be efficient, but like, I think there could be efficiency in both teams. All right. We will settle this uh, with a duel. All right, speaking of duels, San Jose, Vancouver, uh, be there. 10 o'clock, Monday night, uh, Vancouver tries to put up 11 after their 10 spot uh, last time they faced San Jose. Yeah, uh, this is going to decide the slate. You know, uh, Vancouver is going to be obnoxiously owned. Uh, Andre Kuzmenko is 4,700, and he's probably going to put up, you know, between zero and seven fantasy points in 70% of his games this year. But if they score, you know, uh, a billion goals, like Kuzmenko probably gets 20. And, and that's, you know, probably what determines this stack for me. Um, Quinn Hughes is obviously super expensive. Um, what we're not expecting, uh, what's his face? Um, sorry, we saw Heronic last game on the top or two games ago on the top power play, but Kuzmenko returned and basically took that power play job back. So, really, the only source of value here is going to be uh, Kuzmenko. Um, Beyond that, is there any other cheaper Vancouver guy that you would consider, you know, basically taking out the 7K plus guys out of the equation? Man, um, I, I'll just mention as I look through Vancouver notes, they and you don't really see this in the minutes because Kuzmenko had 17. That sounds about right. But I guess he was benched briefly and they asked about it because he came into the game injured. Uh, it was like a face injury. And they're like, no, he needs to be better. Like he has to play better. It was like they're directly calling him out. Um, you know, not that that is anything that you got to go crazy on, but I just find it interesting that this guy who we were kind of all like everyone was on the same page, like he's not going to score 40 again, but you know, he's a power play goal specialist has 11 assists and three goals on the start of the year. This kind of feels interesting. Like I, I do think that he makes the most sense as far as anyone else is concerned of any relevance or value. Like I'm kind of a Mikheyev believer as far as him being useful and good, but the price is not what it was when he first came back. It's 
4,500. And I do think people will go to that because they're just going to see the five on five with, um, you know, Pedersen and Guzmenko, and, and they're going to probably roll the whole thing. And, and people are going to overstack Vancouver because of what happened last time. I am planning on fading Vancouver and just seeing if the cards end up falling uh, in the way of 10 goals again. And if they do, I will tip my hat. I will move on uh, with my life, but I would rather not play into this Vancouver ownership personally, because the rates aren't fantastic on guys like Miller and Pedersen, as far as shots are concerned. So they really have to pump eight goals to break the slate beyond belief. And even if then like, I think that there's some guys on these bottom lines like Hoglander and Garland and, and, um, and Bo that can also make things happen. So like, to me, I I'm just, I'm fading it. I'm hoping that it, even if there are, you know, six goals for Vancouver, it just isn't highly concentrated. And these prices are unbelievable. Like 8,400 for Pedersen, 7,600 for JT Miller and, you know, 73 on Besser, 77 on Quinn Hughes. Like I'm just not playing Quinn Hughes over Kale McCarr and Dorman Yossi. I'm sorry. So no, thank you. Yep. Yep. Nope. Yeah. You covered my thoughts exactly here. Um, I, I'm like, I think I could be talked into like Patterson stuff, um, but because it's going to be attached to so much ownership and we really have seen the same nonsense from the past where like JT Miller is just orchestrating this power play. And as infuriating as it may be, like that means that Pedersen does not control his own fate, which for 8,400 is, you know, we're, we're entering the Leon Dreisaitl type situation. And unfortunately for Pedersen, you know, it's not, he doesn't have a Connor McDavid trying only to find Dreisaitl on the power play, you know, to kind of insulate you from that risk. So uh, there's just a lot of uh, like institutional risk by taking Pedersen and therefore with the ownership, you know, and, and all that with the other options too, that are expensive and really, really viable. Um, I'm, I'm happy to fade it in, in this matchup. So um, any interest in cheap San Jose pieces where we're, we're dealing uh, with back-to-back Mike Hoffman goal games, 2,700. Um, he's got some zip. Uh, does that stand out to you at all? Yeah. I mean, it, I need to see the power plays before I really, they didn't have them last uh, practice. And I'm hoping we get a Monday practice. If we, if we do give it a look, um, you know, it does seem to me like, you know, Duclair Zetterland first, like adding Hoffman into that sort of trigger position. Uh, I, I personally think Hoffman should be where Zetterland is myself, but I, I get that on one end, you know, who's going to be here in the future. It could be Zetterland if they're trying to figure that out. Um, so keep an eye on it. Uh, but Hoffman not on, you know, top six or power play one does hurt his upside a little bit, but at what's his price? Like nothing. Um, yeah. 2,700, you know, you, you can play with fire and it, you know, getting burned might be more likely than you're going to actually catch it, but whatever. Um, I, I personally, like I'm pretty in on Grandland Duclair being pretty good at hockey uh grandlin's just getting so much freaking run penalty kill power play one he's 3k he doesn't shoot a ton uh there's a couple games in there where he put the puck on net but i, I do think at 3k he could definitely get a couple you know a couple blocks a couple shots a couple points in in the right context i'm like i just don't know if we're forgetting that vancouver once that top unit of heronic and quinn Hughes is off the ice is just rolling out trash defensively like Tyler Myers, uh, Ian Cold, Nate Juleson, and Hiroshi. I mean, these are these are not very good, high quality NHL defensemen. Um, I could easily be convinced that to play some cheap San Jose here. There's a plethora of options for cheap value on this slate that could help you afford some of those premium stacks, and San Jose should very much be involved in that mix. Uh yeah, um, yeah. I don't, I don't disagree. Um, the I, I just think that Hoffman is really the main guy that I just want to ride the heater on um, versus taking salary and betting on things or betting on Michael Granlin to shoot ever. Um, somehow his shot rate has gone down uh, since joining San Jose versus the prior three years. It, I mean, six shot attempts per 60 is just not getting it done. No matter how much he's on the ice, like I get it. If you're trying to do a full line stack and you just hope you donkey into the, you know, the, to the two point night for him and his line mates, that's cool. But that's not really what what I do. Um, so you know, I'll just lose when that happens. And um, 
uh, Quinn has shown the the willingness to move Hoffman up when he's playing well. We saw it a couple of games ago where he all of a sudden got top power play time because he was you know putting pucks on goal and scoring. Last game he scores twice. You know, obviously not on the top power play, but like it does happen, and just that's sort of the thing that like yeah, I'm not gonna be strict about like oh well he's actually not playing with you know uh, Nico Sturm and Zadina or actually uh, LeBanc and. Who is it now? Because Sturm is not with the team for the next week. Um, um I retweeted it. Sorry, Cunning. Cunning is the yeah. center. Like, oh no, he's playing with those guys. It's like, does that really make a difference for Mike Hoffman? It's either he shoots and scores or he doesn't. And I'm willing to take a bet like that against a team like Vancouver, which I just think is bad and is you know, regression's coming for them. So, like, you know, even if they're fine, Mike Hoffman is not, you know, doesn't scare me at that price. Like, I'm happy to take a zero from any player at that price. Yeah. All right. That's the slate. Um, seven games, not a ton of interesting stuff to monitor come to or Monday morning. Um, but you know, all the same, check out morning skates and see what news items we can uncover. So, DJ, before we do top stacks, guarantee goals, anything else you want to talk about? Because I think we still have some time. You know, it's been a quick show. No, I mean, like I don't have anything crazy. I, you know, hopefully. Oh. Well, if there's anything we need to touch up on, we'll do it Tuesday night for Wednesday, which is weird, but fun. Um, yeah. So top stacks. Uh, there's so, I mean, there's, there's a lot of good ones here. Um, did you have one that you, you know, why, why don't you get started? Why don't you, why don't you run it off? You got one? You're ready to, I feel like uh, yeah, I, I mean, let's just do, let's just do LA one, uh, Kempi Kopitar Byfield, um, Kopitar and Byfield are certainly not my type of plays, you know, if, if, if that makes sense. Um, but you know, I feel especially has been very, very, very impressive so far this season and just does look like the game changer he was drafted to be. Um, you know, Kopitar obviously is riding that wave at five on five. He's got a better shot rate than ever before. You know, and we know the Kopitar is not a shooter on the power play. That's Adrian Kempe. So, like, I'm not that worried about Kopitar's, uh, you know, Jamie Ben-esque uh, involvement in the power play so far. So um, give me that line. It's just a nice mid-tier price. Um, you can fit uh, good plays with it. You can mix and match around if you want to, uh, you know, uh, modify that uh, however you like. So LA one for me, top stack of the night. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going Colorado one. Uh, I, I think it's honestly Nertushkin, Ranton, and Makar for me because I don't know how you're possibly affording 9,700 McKinnon, and that is disgusting, but. I do think if if like if Rantanen or Tushkin are getting there and breaking the slate in some capacity, like it just you just have to hope you get one of those, you know, one or two shot on goals, two assist games, you know, from McKinnon. And if he only ends up with 13 to 15 points, he's not necessary. Uh I just think McCarr, Rantanen, and Tushkin, um, that I, I'm gonna go with them. And if I can find a way to get McKinnon, boy, that would be cool. But I think that it's a little bit less necessary. Um Price considered. Okay. Um, yeah, I I still feel like Nutrition's a viable one-off, but I do think if he smashes, getting getting the right piece of those high price guys um, is going to be an easier bet than getting you know yeah. Pasternak I mean, or Kucherov right. So like it's sort of just a matter of how you want to build your lineup. Like what it comes down to um, for me is like I just don't think McKinnon is an elite goal scorer, and I know you absolutely hate me saying that. Like I know you believe this is a fifty goal scorer. <laughs> it boils my <laughs> blood, DJ. Uh, but but like if if McKinnon doesn't score, I'm not going to be surprised at all. And if he gets you know if he gets three assists, even like as long as he doesn't shoot ten bucks on net plus those assists, I'm okay. Like I can survive anything other than McKinnon scoring goals. And again, like I'm fine with taking him out. And like, if your goes for three and Branton in scores and like, but you know, really like, I, I just, I find myself leaning towards the better goal scorers in Nico Branton and uh, call me crazy. Yeah. Um, that, you know, that is perfectly, perfectly well said. And uh, I don't disagree. Uh, so great job, DJ. Uh, second sack. Let's go four to one. Um, Lindell, Reinhardt, and Verhege. Uh Samson, the, the, the summer of Samson uh, continues on into the winter. Um, just, you know, everything about Reinhardt has been incredible. Um, you know, not stopping with Connor freaking McDavid on the docket. Just, just take advantage of Connor Brown or whatever idiot they're running out alongside of him, and Reinhardt will do the rest. So give me four to yeah. one. Let's move on. 
Yep. I mean, I could be easily convinced on either side, as I mentioned many times, but I think Veneers, Eberly, and McCann is just a little bit better. Um, it fits really nicely with my stack and it leaves me, you know, center D goalie to figure out uh, plenty of options there. So uh, Seattle one and Colorado one, no McKinnon, but uh, you know, uh, McCarr kind of getting in there uh, over him. So yeah, uh, I agree. I think, I think we picked out some good stuff here and now for guaranteed goals where we are, we're hitting, I mean, we're due it's happening. We're going to get it right on this slate for sure. hundred percent glad we already know that going into this. So, um, do you have any guaranteed goals in mind? Um, let's rhyme with Pike Moffman. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, Mike Hoffman, it would be a pretty good option, but uh, I'm going to go Mika Zibinich at 6,800. Um, yeah, yeah that's, that's that's what I'll take. Power play goal a, for Mika. Yeah. Um, get back on the board. It's a really good one. He definitely is freaking due. Uh, I saw Blake Wheeler score last game, I'm pretty sure, and I was ready to <laughs> br- break something as Wheeler gets his first, like, just let Mika cook. Um, that's, that's fair. Uh, I'll go... I'll go with Hyman. Um, I think Hyman's going to play with McDavid at five on five. I really do. And he's down at 6,500. I mean, it, it's super affordable. They just, they got to do that. I, I mean, I love, I love RNH. I do not understand how, and again, their new coach might be an idiot. Like I don't understand why you take McDavid and that like, everything you said is pretty true about him, but you just don't put him with an elite shooter or finisher. And like, I don't know why it's not, I mean, it is Kane an elite finisher. Like I think Hyman is a a better finisher than many other players on this team is my point. So I think maybe they figure that out. I'm going to guess DJ Mitchell is a better finisher than most players on this Edmonton team, but Hey, um, you know, uh, do what you will. Yeah. I I mean, you know, the Dylan Holloway injury really sucks in that regard because even though he hadn't been scoring, like that is exactly what he should be doing as a professional. So, you know, we'll see what his future looks like, but uh, yeah, Edmonton is in desperate need for a prospect to just Jake Gensel their way into the lineup. And it just hasn't happened for years now, which, uh, which sucks, but Mm -hmm. all right. uh, Let's see for my second goal. um, I'll go with Tyler Sagan, 4,100 fits right in there for me. Like I said, Matt Duchesne is just playing otherworldly. Tyler Sagan shooting a bunch, uh, glued to the hip with him. Um, just super productive so far this season. And uh, I've always loved me some Tyler Sagan. So let me get Mika and Sagan for my two goals. Yeah, I left myself the perfect amount for Byfield. And then as I was thinking about it, you you included him in your stack, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's fine. Um, I'll, I'll go to... Hell, Gary, who can I pick? Um, Any of their wings. Yeah, literally every single one of them. That is that is impressive stuff. Man. I mean, it, it should probably be Connor Zari. I can go Connor Zari. Yeah, let's go Connor Zari. Okay. Connor Zari. I think, uh, is he yeah. shooting enough, though? I, I mean, does, any, does anyone on the Flames shoot enough to make you feel really good except for Kadri? Anybody playing with Nas, it's just, it's the same thing with Evander Kane where like it, they're infuriating to watch sometimes when you stack them because you're like, dude, your teammates are wide open. Like just don't yeah. take the 40 foot floater into the goalie's chest. But like, you know, for fantasy, that's sort of what you're looking for. You're looking for those guys who will just selfishly take the 1.5 points and, you know, move you to closer to the bonus and so on. Um, but yeah, I, I think Zari's shot volume is not really a factor of his uh what you would yeah. say willingness or propensity to shoot it's just more a factor of he's sharing the ice of a guy who's top 10 in the league in shooting you know per minute and he's not like creating his own shots for the yeah. most part he's just and, sort and of you know rebound goals count if you will the minute the, i mean the minutes are there he is playing the same minutes as Lind- lindholm back lind yes. huberdoke it's like and honestly when i watch that power play they seemingly like him with the puck i think he's just a gifted skater and yeah i'm fine with it you know you're not he might not have five shots but he could have you know he could have one in a goal and that and that works i agree okay yep all right um so that'll do it for us um exciting seven game slate coming up here uh we will be in the discord hanging out um so pop in if you have any questions or just want to talk about the upcoming slate 
and yeah that, that'll do it so uh, i am on twitter at fake moods dj's at djones mitchell 94 um at morningscape pod helpfully has all of the lines retweeted um, that we have as of sunday night so be sure to follow that account and you know you'll get uh you'll get everything in one one place as we know it um you know ideally it's nothing's guaranteed because guess what you're not paying for it but uh dj does a pretty good job manning the account so uh yeah. kudos to him for for doing that yeah, I, I try. I try to grab every one of them at all times. I even like had to drive home from dinner on Saturday, and I was like, "Let me just get two more. I'm going to be home in time." And like, yeah, no, I really try. So definitely follow me, follow the accounts. I don't know, rate, review, like. I enjoy doing it, but I think it probably helps, right? Yeah, and uh, if you uh, if you want to support the show, pucklock.com, code MSP. Jay's cooking up a lot of stuff, um, yeah. so DJ I don't know alluded the, to a lot of it. But I think the code works yet. I don't think yeah, he whatever. he told me it's he's working on getting it to work. Is is probably the if way, you way use it. it, we'll be able to get in the future. Uh, you know, some sort yeah. of uh, benefit for you having used it. But that that's what go. I'll tell you. And the um, bets they be winning. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yes. And the bets do be winning. All right. Jesus. Uh, it's, it's hard to end a show where you feel like it's not gone on forever. All right. Uh, that'll do it for us. Uh, thank you all for listening. I'm Doug. I'm DJ. I'm myself. Have a good slate, everybody. And we will see you.